everybody. I'm Howie Hawkins. I was the Green Party and Socialist Party candidate for president in 2020. And this podcast is about continuing to educate and organize for the eco-socialist program that my running mate, Angela Walker, and I ran on. And today we're scheduled to have a guest from Papua New Guinea. It's Andrew Kudapai, who is the Secretary General of the Greens Party of Papua New Guinea. And he hasn't hooked up yet. Um, we worked it out last night, although we had some technical problems. So while we're waiting for him, I just want to make a few comments on current events. First thing is the slaughter in Gaza continues. Uh, yesterday, there was an attack on the largest hospital still functioning in Gaza in Han Yunus. And Israeli airstrikes and beginning of ground operations are moving into the southern border city of Rafah where 1.7 million Palestinian refugees, most of the people in Gaza, are crammed into 23 square miles. And it's going to be a slaughter if those people are not removed before Israel uh, goes on its ground offensive. And aside from the civilian casualties caused by Israeli military operations, untold numbers are dying from hunger and disease because food and medicine and other supplies are not getting in. So we've just got to keep demanding and being out on the streets and on the editorial pages, op-eds, letters to the editor, any way you can, demanding a permanent ceasefire, immediate food, medicine, and other humanitarian aid to save lives in Gaza, an end to U.S. military aid to Israel, an all-for-all prisoners exchange, all the Israeli hostages held by Hamas and Islamic Jihad for all the Palestinian political prisoners held by Israel and a peace process toward a political solution. And I think our protests are making a difference. Uh, speak, spokespeople for the administration and Biden himself um, are have changed their rhetoric and they're telling Israel to cut back on the civilian casualties and not go into Rafah without evacuating the civilians. But if Israel goes into Rafah anyway, uh, we have reporting from administration sources saying if Israel does that, there will be no consequences in the form of uh, U.S. military and diplomatic support for Israel. So we got to demand action and not empty words. And meanwhile, in Ukraine, Ukraine is running short of air defense missiles and artillery shells, and Russia's back on the offensive. And with the shortage of air defense missiles, this week only half, instead of 90% of Russian missiles and drones that are targeting civilian infrastructure in Ukraine are being intercepted, which means Russia can start flattening Ukrainian cities like they did Mariupol or the cities they've conquered like Bakhmut and now Avdivka. And Avdivka was uh, Ukrainian forces retreated from Avdivka yesterday because of a shortage mainly of artillery shells. Um, and so Russia's making on the advanced lines um, and that's Andrew Kutapai. So I'm going to take this and maybe Chris can, uh, fill in while I'm, while I, while I take this call. <laughs> yeah, you could take it. Um, what were you talking about? You're talking about Ukraine. Um, I guess I'll pivot and say Howie has a new piece out in New Politics. Uh, we're going to share it in social on social media tomorrow. Um, but I just put it in the chat. Um, it's a long piece in their Winter 2024 edition um, about Cornell West, Jill Stein, and the Green Party. Um, you know, it goes into you know, kind of a lot of the background that how he talks about on the show about why greens exists and everything and uh gets into the 2024 race did he not answer howie yeah he's having uh internet problems it's uh the internet's down where he's at in port moresby papua new guinea uh which happens so he's going to keep trying and uh if it doesn't work out today we'll have to reschedule okay oh he's calling again hold on <laughs> yeah <laughs> Sorry, everybody, the fun of 
international guests. <laughs> um, but yeah, everybody should check out that uh, that piece in New Politics, New Politics from Howie. And like I said, we'll uh, we're we gonna have to share it on our social media tomorrow. Uh, but I just put it out in the link. So keep going, Chris. I'm sending him the link again. Okay. Maybe this will work. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Well, hopefully we will be joined by Andrew. Um, like how he said there, uh, Andrew is the Secretary General of the Papua New Guinea Green Party. Um, I, I believe it, that how we met him when uh, he was in, uh, no, we've been talking since before, South Korea. Um, we've been talking about Papua New Guinea since the, the campaign, now that I'm thinking back to it. Um, so we're excited to have Andrew on, and hopefully he'll... Uh, Hopefully he'll uh, be able to get on, get his internet going, and get back on. Yeah, there's a lot going on in Papua New Guinea. You know, just in terms of recently, you know, crisis with the government, vote no conference. The Greens did have a member in the parliament, uh, as well as local officials. But Andrew can fill us in when we get there. So it looks like just... uh, someone from the government spoke in the Australian parliament this week too. Yeah, the Australian Greens uh, work closely with the Papua New Guinea Greens because the southernmost part of Papua New Guinea is only 100 miles from the northernmost part of Australia. But the uh, the societies are a world apart. So I, I was just, you know, going over what's going on with Ukraine. So, uh, you know, the Russians are on the offensive. Their missiles are getting through to... Uh, Ukrainian cities, and they're going to turn them into rubble, like Gaza City, like they did to Grozny in uh, Chechnya, or Aleppo in Syria, or Mariupol in Ukraine itself. It's a dire situation, yet U.S. military aid to Ukraine has been blocked by the far-right Republicans in Congress. Now, what happened this week was uh, the aid passed with the border control provisions stripped out in the wee hours of February 13th by a 70 to 29 vote, which shows that the majority, all the Democrats and uh, enough of the Republicans are for this aid. Um, but, you know, the Republicans were saying, well, we gotta have border security in, in order before we provide security for Ukraine. Uh, and then it was put in the original bill and then the Republicans said, "Never mind," And they stopped it because Trump told them to. Uh, they don't care about immigration or Ukraine. They want to make immigration a campaign issue that they can campaign and blame immigrants for all our domestic problems. So it got to the House and the Speaker, Mike Johnson, refused to bring it to the floor. And now both the House and the Senate just left for a two-week vacation. And when they come back February 28th for the House, They'll have two days to stop the government from shutting down. They've got 12 appropriation bills, or at least a continuing resolution to pass. So um, it's it's a mess. Now, some Democrats are talking about using a discharge position petition to force a vote. And some are also talking about separating the Ukraine from the Israeli aid because progressives want to vote for Ukraine, but not for Israeli aid. But that is a process that will take at least five or six weeks after they return, after they deal with the funding crisis. And frankly, it's not even clear that the Democrats want to resolve this, solve this problem any more than the Republicans. I heard this morning on MSNBC, uh, the chair of the Progressive Caucus, Pramila Jayapal, was on, and she was asked by the former Republican chair of, uh, my, you know, of the Republican Party, Michael Steele, why don't the Democrats seize the initiative and use a discharge petition or even split the bill in order to get something done. It would show up the Republicans, it would make Biden and the Democrats look good. But Jayapal said, well, the Republicans are the majority in the House and they should own the consequences. In other words, this is the chair of the Progressive Caucus. She's saying the Democrats want to make foreign aid a campaign issue, just like Trump wants to make, and the far-right Republicans want to make uh, immigration 
a campaign issue. So where we're at is both parties could care less about electioneering than solving problems. And migrants, Ukrainians and Palestinians are paying the deadly price. Both corporate parties are pathetic and that's why we need a Green Party. We need to get people up there in the house and, and write down the ballot. And uh, we need an alternative in this country because the two parties governing are making a mess of things. They, can't, they just can't get anything solved. Um, and I also want to comment on uh, the death of Alexei uh, Navalny. Um, you know, this guy, the day before he supposedly just dropped dead, uh, was having a court hearing. He's, he's got 30 years in a prison colony before him. And he was cracking jokes. Even the court officials were laughing at his jokes. He looked great. And the next day he's dead. And how do you think that happened? I think it's pretty clear because Putin's opponents drop dead. They get assassinated. One of them was shot on the street. A reporter back, you know, 15 years ago, same thing. Um, but, you know, the U.S. shouldn't be so smug about it. You know, the U.S. government, because they're prosecuting Julian Assange, who is really sick. And, you know, if his extradition hearing is next Tuesday. If he's sent to the United States and put in one of these maximum security prisons, probably isolated, uh, he may not survive. And, you know, the U.S. will be responsible for that. I have problems with Julian Assange's politics. I think him tweeting or, you know, some kind of coded messages he was doing with uh, Donald Trump Jr. as the 2016 election uh, approached. And he said it would be, quote unquote, interesting if the Trump uh, campaign objected to the uh, results. Um, I think Assange just doesn't have a clue as to how dangerous the racist reactionary forces that Trump represents are. But that's not what's on trial. What's on trial is the fact that he published information. And if he's found guilty uh, under the Espionage Act for that, it puts every newspaper, New York Times, Washington Post, Wall Street Journal, you know, you name it, Christian Science Monitor. If they get documents from the government uh, and write a story about it, and most of the, what we find out about the government is because somebody in the government leaks the information. If Assange was found guilty on that, it's going to, you know, really cripple freedom of the press. So, you know, what Putin has done to Navalny is terrible. And also what the U.S. is doing to Assange is also terrible. So um, this week, uh, the Australian parliament called for Assange, the uh, charges to be dropped. The Australian Greens were prominent in uh, the, the speeches made when that uh, was done. And uh, so... That's just something else we got to fight for. We got to fight for our rights, our freedom of the press. And the Assange case is very important to that. Um, so we still don't have Andrew. Um, I could go into the details of the discharge position, petition and uh, splitting the vote. And all I can tell you is just briefly, uh, a discharge petition it requires 30 legislative days. That's the days they're in session, not the weekends and their long weekends that they take. Uh, and then uh, once it's the discharge petition is adopted and what it would mean is the majority of the house says, we want to vote on this no matter what the speaker says. So you get all the Democrats and some Republicans and you've got enough. In fact, you know, now that Swazi was elected down there in Long Island, uh, it's a six vote difference or six member difference. So if three Republicans switch, you got enough if all the Republicans, all the Democrats hold. So, you know, that's really, a, you know, can be done. Um, but once they get the discharge petition, it's another uh, seven days. Now, those are regular days, not legislative days. But we're looking at, you know, five weeks before there's a vote. Uh, and given that they got to deal with the budget crisis, it's more than that. Meanwhile, Ukraine. Uh, has lost its ability to defend itself because the U.S. won't give them arms that they can use for their self-defense. Um, it's uh, a terrible situation. So um, I'll stop there and let's go to questions and comments uh, until Andrew gets on if he can. I, his internet was a problem, so he may not be able to get on today, but we'll see.
Scrap Trooper 164, Johnson couldn't even get Israeli-only aid out. How does he expect Ukraine aid to be split from it? Well, the Demo you know, the Democrats can go around uh, Johnson, along with a few Republicans, and do a discharge petition. And they can write their own bill that, that separates, or bills that separates Ukraine aid from Israeli aid, uh, so that people can vote on them separately, get them to the floor by a discharge petition, and that forces a vote. Johnson can't stop that. The only thing stopping that is people like uh, Pramila Jayapal who say, well, you know, let the Republicans own this mess, which is not really trying to solve the problem any more than the Republicans tried to solve the immigration problem. They just want it as a campaign issue. Like Jayapal apparently wants it for the Democrats on, on Ukraine aid. So, um, yeah, Johnson can't stop it if the Democrats uh, want to do a discharge petition. Scout Trooper 164, Trump is such a man-child, gets fined over $300 million and bitches online about what happened like a little kid, so self-entitled. Yeah, and if David K. Johnston, who's written biographies and, and reported on Trump for the New York Times, et cetera, since the 1990s, if he's right, Trump doesn't have the cash to pay this stuff. I mean, he's he's ruined. And, and uh you know, we'll see when, when the time comes. It's going to be delayed because he's going to appeal and he won't have to fork over the money for a while. But when it comes down to it, he may not have the money. He may be bankrupt. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. Um, so, yeah, Trump is whining, but, <laughs> you know, he was inflating some of his properties, you know, 10 times uh, when he was going to the banks to get a loan and then, you know, said they were worth a tenth of what he said to the banks to the government when it came tax time. I mean, it's it's obvious fraud. What he 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 said the uh, square footage of his penthouse at Trump Tower was three times more than it actually was. I mean, this is so blatant, obvious. Um, it's no wonder he was convicted and that the fine was almost everything that the uh, state attorney general, uh, Tisha James, asked for. Um, yeah, it's you know, between the the fines for uh, E. Jean Carroll case, uh, the defamation case, in this case, it's in the mid 400 millions is what this guy owes, uh, along with a couple of his kids. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if he's as rich as he's claimed, because, you know, people like, hey, here's Andrew. So hello. It's good to see you. I'm glad I'm glad you made it through. So let's just switch right over to uh, Papua New Guinea. I'll I just give a little background. I, uh, you know, met Andrew in uh, Korea last June at the Global Greens Congress, but we've been communicating since 2021 uh, about what's going on. And I've been, you know, trying to support what they're doing. But Papua New Guinea is a country with uh, biodiversity as well as cultural and, li and linguistic diversity, that's as great as any region in the world. But a big problem is global corporations, including U.S.-based corporations, are destroying that biological and cultural diversity, particularly through extractive mining and logging industries. One third of Papua New Guinea's forests have been cut down, and those forests are the basis for the livelihood of the indigenous Papua New Guineans. Um, and the alternative to this, unique among all the parties in Papua New Guinea are the Green Party, uh, which, you know, starts with a commitment. It's in their platform, their materials of respect for diversity that honors the biological, cultural, linguistic, and religious diversity of Papua New Guinea and upholds the rights of indigenous people, ethnic minorities, women, and LGBT people. And they're the only party that really supports those human rights full throat. Uh, they also call for a participatory democracy based on grassroots community control of local affairs and electoral reforms at the national level, including proportional representation, public campaign funding, and full disclosure of private campaign funding. So they advocate a, a model of development based on ecology and social justice. And they also support the independence movement on the Western side of their island in West Papua, whose people have been resisting a brutal settler colonialism by Indonesia for 60 years. So, 
I'm, I'm glad Andrew can be here to, to tell us more about that. And so, Andrew, the floor is yours. Tell us uh, more about what we need to know about uh, Papua New Guinea and, and the Greens Party there. Uh, thank you, um, Howie. Um, uh, um, I was already introduced by Howie. Um, I'm Andrew Kutapai. I'm the uh, Secretary General of PNG Greens Party. Uh, PNG Greens Party was registered in 2001, uh, but was not active until around 2011 when um, Senator Bob Brown, Australian Greens leader, uh, came to PNG uh, where we had a convention and we, um, uh, we, I, I, I was elected general secretary of the party, secretary general of the party, and um, I've been uh, actively participating or instrumental in bringing the party forward uh, to this today to today's level. Um, PNG Greens Party, uh, uh, we got an MP. Uh, the first MP, I think, in the in the Asia Pacific region, besides Australia and New Zealand, um, we we got him. He joined the party. He got elected not as a Green Party in 2017, uh, but he joined our party as a as the party leader in 2021. And in 2020, when we went to the elections, um, uh, Honourable Richard Masseri was returned as a Green Party MP, being the first uh, Green Party in any uh, national parliament in the region, in the Asia Pacific region. So we've been uh, happy to have him um, in, uh, in, in the national parliament. Um, we have a national executive, but um, that, uh, sorry, that consists of a president, um, um, a treasurer, myself as the general secretary and um, Richard Masseri as the party leader. Now for the last uh, few years, we have been actively involved in um, human rights issues. Okay, that also includes, uh, we, we, we Australia, Australian government sent some, some uh, refugees from Australia to PNG to be to be um, uh, based here in Papua New Guinea for while they were organizing their, their third country to settle in. They were being processed here in Manus province. And these guys have been here, the refugees have been here for, for maybe more than 10 years. But to, to this stage, most of them, they were sent to Australia, New Zealand and some other Canada, America. Uh, but I think some are still here. Now, one of the other roles that I've been actively involved in is um, is the West Papua case. West Papua uh, is, a, is a province um, in Indonesian province, in, uh, in Indonesia, is, is a province. Um, but they, uh, the human rights, or abusing of human rights have been very evident for the last few years. Made from for, for Many years, um, and uh, because of because of this, and because the people on the other side they are Melanesians like us, Papua New Guinea, uh, we have like black people, you know. So, and Indonesians cannot continue to do this. That's why PNG Greens Party. I was being instrumental in trying to organize to see if we can um, we can do something about it. I traveled to uh, Indonesia once in 2014. Uh, I went to uh, Merauke, Merauke and uh, Jayapura. Jayapura is the, is the capital of um, West Papua. So I've traveled there and I, I was being a little bit careful not to say anything or do anything because of the, the you know, military presence everywhere. If they find out that you are here uh, doing something against the government, you know you can be, be, <laughs> be, uh, be, be, you know, either killed or they can do anything, you know. So I was a bit careful. I went and came back, and we saw a lot of people being mistreated uh, on the other side. 
and uh, what they are doing, um, the, what the Indonesian military is doing in in West Papua, in the uh, villages, you know, it's, it's really not good. So, um, you know, they're violating their human rights. The people are not doing things properly. They are not managing their affairs uh, on their own. They are just, it's a, it's a uh, military is running the place there. They're not really free, I should say. Uh, so PNG Green's party, after uh, coming back from the um, the uh, Global Greens Congress in South Korea, uh, I decided to uh, organize something which I can't say here, um, I think. So I need some funding, uh, financial assistance from you guys to go across and organize a Green Party there. If, you know, Green Party in West Papua. Um, I want to do this straight after the elections this month in Indonesia. Probably I'll go uh, towards the end of the month or, or early next month. So PNG Greens Party is, is, is seeking support uh, to do this. Um, I think that's briefly what I can say uh, about West Papua. I can't say much, but like I said, the People there are being being uh, not treated treated properly. Uh, you know, a lot of things that are happening that that you know needs our attention. You know, to go and organize something so that they are representative. You know, uh, organizing uh, to register the um, uh, West Papua Greens. So we will uh, put in the chat. There's a documentary film about this brutal settler colonialism by Indonesia on behalf of multinational corporations that are logging and mining. Uh, and we can put that in the chat. And we can also put in the chat uh, how to send uh, funds Western Union so uh, Andrew can make this trip to West Papua, this fact-finding trip. Uh, so that'll go in the chat soon. Um, you know, Andrew, one of the things that struck me uh, about the Greens Party in Papua New Guinea compared to the other parties there is that in the last parliamentary elections, you tried to have uh, half your candidates be women, which is, you know, nothing like the other parties do. Could you talk a little bit more about how that went and, you know, why that's so important for your party? Oh man, it looks like Andrew froze up. Hopefully he'll come back on. Hello? Yep. I think network, I think it must be network problem. Yeah, well you're back on. Oh. Okay, um, 22 when we had the national ele elections, um, we endorsed, PNG Green Party endorsed um, five women and uh, five women and five men. And then we endorsed, uh, uh, besides Richard Marseille, who's the, who's the party leader. So almost half of our candidates were women. Uh, and we were the only party in the country who endorsed, um, you know, half of the candidates being women. And, and, um, and, and because of our, our, Global Greens policy. We have to all the time when we're endorsing uh, candidates. We have we make sure that half are women. Uh, you know, so we we did that, and uh, most of the ladies, um, although they didn't do very well, uh, at least at least they uh, they they voiced their their concern about um, uh, 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 women participating in elections, participating in everything, women are you call to, to men, and in anything that we do in, in, in PNG Greens, we make sure uh, uh, women actively participate, you know, with this gender equality is very important in our, in our policy. Uh, PNG Greens, PNG government does, you know, employ women and um, 
women, but they are not, they are like marginalized, you know, they are not treated as, uh, as we should. European Zygmunds, we thought we would do very well, um, but we didn't. We managed to bring Richard back. Uh, as he was the only MP out of out of you know, ten MP, I mean candidates is still okay, and it was it was the first time that we ever went into full swing election. Uh, previously, we usually endorse one or two or three, you know, 2017 but twenty two we endorsed um, eleven candidates. So we I think uh, we did we did quite well. So tell us what's been going on recently there. There was a pay glitch for uh, security people, military, and there was some demonstrations and protests and then a vote of no confidence uh, for the prime minister. So, you know, tell us what's been going on in, in that uh, drama. Okay. Um, on the 10th of November, uh, no, 10th of January. Yeah, 10th of January. Um, we had a pay glitch. Um, you know, they realized that they were heavily taxed by the government, all public servants, police, defense force, all other public servants working for the government. They had a big cut uh, in tax. I mean, they increased their tax tremendously. So, um, police thinking that nothing will happen like it did. We are calling it Black Wednesday now. You know, they had a demonstration in Port Mosby, um, and they declared, the police association, they declared that, look, um, there won't be any policing in Port Mosby City today until we get the hunter. So that gave the people an opportunity to, you know, ransack the whole city. Um, they burned down stores, rooted the stores. It happened for almost all, all day. It almost was spreaded to other parties, uh, other districts in provinces in the country. Uh, but um, unfortunately, uh, they, they maintained those. And um, so it was, uh, now it's back to normal. Uh, the money that was taken over as tax was reimbursed in the next fortnight, and then now it's becoming normal now. So um, there's there's no problem with that. It's normal. Uh, they they're being taxed uh, as usual. Usually uh, they've been doing taxing us. Now the other thing is the vote of no confidence. Um, according to the PNG Constitution, um, you after 18 months. Uh, grace period, uh, the opposition can anytime introduce a uh, introduce a vote of no confidence on the prime minister or the government. So that is the process that is going on now. At at, at the moment, the parliament session is on. It's, it started on the 30th of uh, February, and is is going on now. They will um, last week was one whole week um, parliament session. There was um, actually whatever it was they introduced the government when there was a there was a board of no confidence notice given was given to the speaker. Um, uh, you know the government turned around and they they voted the prime minister uh, through a board of confidence and this 84, 84 to zero zero the all the opposition they walked walked out of the parliament you know and. Um, um, that it, you know, it, this has never happened before. It norm, normally it goes through the, the board of no confidence. Normally goes through. So now it looks like the board of no no confidence will be introduced again next week Wednesday. So that's what the opposition is planning to do. So we don't know what it, what's going to happen in the uh, you know uh, tomorrow Monday onwards until the following week. It's three week session. So. We are expecting, we are still expecting a vote of no confidence in the government. Um, you know, it's unpredictable because in PNG, you don't know. Um, people can, the MPs can join another um, um, party or join the opposition anytime, you know. They can move anytime because 
you are not tied down to that party. The constitution uh, doesn't tie you down to a party that gets you elected into parliament. Okay, so unfortunately, PNG Green's party, uh, uh, you know, uh, party leader uh, decided to join uh, the ruling Pangu party. Uh, he turned his uh, re resignation to to uh, to me. Uh, so um, I haven't really replied to his resignation yet. Uh, but like I said, he's free to go. So well, we um, allowed him to leave the party. We, uh, but I'll give him a letter um, tomorrow, Monday, uh, telling him that, you know, we are not pleased that you left. Why can't you stay with us? Um, as a Green Party MP, and then we can all we have always been supporting the government, so you should remain with us, and then we support James Murabi, the Prime Minister. Uh, so I don't know what his response will, response will be when I give him the, the letter tomorrow. Uh, and also, our party leader was given a ministry about three weeks ago when there was a reshuffle. So he's the Minister for Administrative service, Services assisting the Prime Minister on constitutional matters. So we have been lucky to to uh, get get a ministry, but now that he left, we are just staying, uh, you know, uh, staying food and see what, 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 what is going to develop. He may decide to come back, he may go for good, I'm not too sure, but we were, we're going to invite him to come back again and tell him to stay with Green Party, but we can still support uh, the government. So when Andrew says tomorrow is Monday, for him it is, because it's Sunday in Papua New Guinea. It's like uh, 6.40 in the morning there. Whereas over here in the United States, it's still Saturday. You know, it's 3.40 oh, where I'm at. So uh, he wasn't mistaken saying that tomorrow is Monday. For him it is. Um, so I'm, my impression is most of the parties, not the Papua uh, New Guinea Green Party, but most of the parties are not based on a policy platform more than they are on ethnic and uh, ties to powerful people. So that I'm wondering if this vote of no confidence is just a move for power by one of these, you know, uh, you know, factions that are, it's not about policy, but it's about power. Is that accurate? Exactly. Exactly. The vote of no confidence is well, in some in one way it is they are not um, happy with the how the government is being run by the prime minister and uh, the government. You know, it's uh, and the other thing is that you know uh, most of the time it's angry for power. You know, they don't, they just sit and criticize, criticize all the time. And then when the time comes up, when the great period is over after 18 months, bang, but of no confidence. It has been happening for 10 years now, maybe 10 times or so, there's been but of no confidence in any government. You know, it sounds like the U.S. Congress as I was talking earlier before you came on, uh, the Republicans don't want to solve what they say is a national security problem at the border because they want it as a campaign issue and they want to blame migrants for domestic problems. And then the Democrats have the votes with a discharge petition to get Ukraine aid passed, but they don't want to do that because they want to blame the Republicans. So instead of solving problems, they're playing these games for power. And so uh, I think, you know, the, the Greens Party in Papua New Guinea actually has a policy platform. They're running on progressive policies, unlike any other party. Uh, but we shouldn't be smug about that in this country because the Democrats and Republicans are a lot like those factions in Papua New Guinea. It's about power, not solving problems. So, um, you know, good luck with that. It sounds like they're going to have another vote and you think it's going to pass, or do you think the opposition will fail this time again? Un unpredictable, unpredictable. <laughs> you know, uh, the government is still claiming the Pangu Party has 56 members. Six members is almost half, you know, 
and then they can get uh, other parties to to support. Uh, but opposition is also very strong, saying that strong saying you know they can bring in some of the members from from the government uh, across to the opposition. So we still have to um, we just have to wait and see how things go. It depends on you know sometimes it's not really really they go for the party leader or the government, but they it's central it's like individual individualistic they support when they get projects the mp is given a project by the government or no this kind of thing so we'll have to just wait and see I'll, any development i'll update you you know i i one thing i want people to understand is that papua new guinea is not in the headlines here but we're connected to it because when these companies extract minerals and lumber uh, that goes into our consumer products. Actually, more goes to China, but then they're manufactured there, and uh, we buy a lot of them. And what that does is uh, rob Ukraine, I mean, uh, Papua New Guinea, of its wealth. The indigenous people don't get much of it. In fact, their land is taken from them for these, uh, you know, for this uh, cutting of timber, which is the basis for their livelihood. So they're being exploited. Uh, and we're connected to it through the world market. So there's a concept of ecological debt. We talk about climate debt. Uh, there's also an ecological debt. And given you know how the world economy works and, and us being a big consuming society, we owe an ecological debt, which is both financial, but also uh, reconstruction of the environment and restoration of the environment in Papua New Guinea which should be part of the global Green New Deal. So I think, you know, this is not just something detached from us. It's something we're linked to through the market, even though we're not often conscious of it. So what is the Papua New, Greens, New Guinea Greens Party doing? Um, Besides paying attention to uh, what's going on in Parliament, I know I've I've seen pictures of you got youth uh, and and women's groups out there doing environmental cleanups, uh, mobilizing people. Tell us more about your activities between elections. Um, well, we we do a lot of awareness. Um, I have four regional um, regional offices that's. The country is, is divided into four regions, in fact. The highlands, the New Guinea islands, uh, southern region, and the uh, Momasa region. So the country is, is uh, over 800 languages, and uh, people are scattered all over the world. There is no road connection. People, Most of the people fly by air. So that's why most people live in the villages. Only those who can afford to work in the cities like Ley, Mount Hagen, but um, mostly Rebel, they live in the cities. But uh, the majority of the people live in the in the villages. Uh, so we normally, I normally, we have programs every year to to uh, do awareness um, to the villages, to the people, to the the, the schools. Uh, like in the cities, we do. Cleaning campaign, clean the city, uh, wear, wear our uh, our t-shirt, our logo on it, and then we do do uh, do do clean up. You know, maybe once or twice a year, uh, and then we do awareness, uh, uh, awareness, uh, environmental issues, human rights. You know, all this we try to make sure that. Uh, the planet Earth is a safe place to live in. PNG Green PNG is a safe place to live in. A lot of tribal fights and so forth in all the in, in the especially in the islands region. So we do do awareness campaign. Uh, we promote our policies, gender equality. Uh, you know, and and um, people must get clean water, um, eat good food. You know, 
it's, it's very expensive to do all these things, but our um, uh, um, regional ex party executives, they get involved in organizing all these things. Uh, they do their own little fundraising and all this in, in the regions. And then they 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 are encouraged to go to go and go from town to town, and um, and encourage people to uh, and talk to them about uh, our green policies. Uh, but it will go a long way because of lack of funding. We don't have enough funds to do this. Uh, like there's going to be a party executive meeting. I just received the message uh, last night. Tomorrow after. The um, uh, talking to our party leader, I'll try to uh, fly up uh, to Mount Hagen to have a party executive meeting because most of our party executive, two of them live up there, and I'm only one year, so I have to go up, but then I'll have to look for um, um, money to fly up and fly back. Uh, so, these kind of things, and then I come back and see approach uh, uh, Richard, our party leader, and tell him. Uh, 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 what the, the view of the party, and we may even go to the press, have a press conference in Mount Hagen. So we do these small things, uh, especially encouraging youths to join the party. When we do the campaign, we try to recruit youths to join the party, women to join the party. Um, our young woman wing uh, coordinator, she organizes that with the regional uh, branches. And then um, our young green shoot coordinator uh, does the uh, 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 green shoot coordinates with the uh, regional officers and does the recruitment on, uh, on on youths to join the party. Yeah, one thing you do, and may have proportionally for you know, given the incomes in in Papua New Guinea compared to America, you, members of your party pay dues. So you have some resources. You may have more than our national party does because we just ask for donations and they have to compete with candidates running for office and state parties and local parties. So our national party is, our center is very weak in terms of the support it can provide to state and local parties. So I think, you know, that's something that the American Greens need to look at. Um, but I've been monopolizing the questions. Um, if anybody in the chat, I see Ashley R has been posting a lot of information. Seems she's been following Papua New Guinea for a while. Um, but if anybody has questions or comments, you know, please let us know and Andrew uh, can respond. Okay, Ashley R, that's an archive page, but it has pertinent information. Almost two thirds of the population is Christian. Of these, more than 700,000 are Catholic, more than 500,000 Lutheran. Um, I think she's referring to the balance of members are other Protestant denominations. And although major churches are under indigenous leadership, a large number of missionaries remain in the country. The bulk of the estimated 2,500 Americans in Papua New Guinea are missionaries and their families. So I'm not sure what the archive page refers to. Um, but Ashley put uh, three documentaries in the chat that they're about Papua New Guinea. They're they're pretty old, but uh, yeah, uh, you know they're they're worth probably looking up because there's not a lot of, that's been done on uh, Papua New Guinea that the rest of us can see. Uh, Andrew, whoop, Andrew, if I, if I may ask you a question, how big are your you on train travel, because I read an article about the resurrection of a defunct railroad line between Scranton and New York. So I guess Andrew's asking, uh, you have to fly everywhere rather than building roads. What about trains in Papua New Guinea? No one has ever thought about this. No politician, no MPs ever thought about, you know, introducing trains in the country. So it will probably happen, We, you know, 10 years time, 20 years time, 10 years time, 20 years time, you know, we don't have trains here, we only fly. And airfares are very expensive, you know, it's, it's the, the domestic airfares are very expensive, like me to go from here to again, 
it's 1,000 kina. Again, you know, it's a one-hour flight. Um, and 1,000 kina to go up is written is 2,000 kina. You know, and then you want to go to further places like Vanimo, uh, Rabaul, um, Wewak, all these places. It's Kyunga. It's um, like 1,600 kina, which is like like equivalent to about four hundred dollars, uh, five five six hundred dollars, U.S. dollars, I should say. Yeah, and again, it's well, five hundred, so it's very expensive. But we have no choice because there's no connection now. The, the government has a policy of uh, connect PNG, and they are starting to build some roads now. There could be a road from the highlands down to the city national capital district, but mostly the nation's uh, capital uh, it's going to come it's not it's it's going to come from mount hagen uh, to southern islands then to uh, gulf province in let's see the you know uh, papua southern region and then to mosby but it's these are very ex, uh, expensive projects they cost a lot of money to do all these things so most of the unic public png um, projects are uh, half complete, I should say. Well, I think a lot of Greens would argue that if you build a train network, it's going to uh, improve mobility for more people, uh, you know, a public transportation system, and you could link the villages to the cities. Uh, it would be ecologically less damaging to the environment, a, a railroad less than a road, and the amount of uh, energy needed for a road, I mean, for a train is far less than, you know, filling cars with gasoline or even if they're electric, uh, the electric power needed for an electric railroad is much smaller than for vehicles on roads uh, per person traveled. So uh, that, you know, I think a lot of Greens, if they were designing a transportation system in a place like Papua New Guinea, which only has, you know, air flights, they choose railroads over, you know, roads with cars and trucks. Uh, and it would be uh, less expensive and, and ecologically and economically more efficient. That's right. That's right, but I don't think the government has, has any plans or have, have any, any plans yet, you know. I've never heard of anybody suggesting to build railways in, in, in PNG. So, you know, if we still had a Green Party leader, we should have um, asked him to, to think something along that line and maybe talk to the government, but we can't do much until the government... I don't know why they do, don't do that. They think it's expensive, though. I don't know why they do it. You know, they're not thinking about railways yet yeah well the the world economy you know and the auto manufacturers and the road builders are powerful they're more powerful than the railroads um that's been a trend for a century but it's been from a green point of view a bad trend yeah here's uh with 600 plus islands the utility of trains would be limited outside the main island Granted, but travel between islands you can do on boats rather than flying, uh, which could be solar powered, you know, electric powered. They're moving fast on that. Uh, either direct electricity or if it's if it's a larger boat, uh, hydrogen fuel cells, which are can be you know uh, the hydrogen can be produced by renewable electricity, uh, and with all the sunshine and wind. Uh, particularly around islands, uh, that should be doable. Andrew Hager, what about the use of wind turbines to power electric vehicles and other essentials? Do you have much wind power or solar power in Papua New Guinea? Oh, yeah. We we have only uh, two seasons, wet season and dry season. So, you know, um, the solar lighting's in uh, many houses in PNG, you know. They buy their own solar and just a small solar for lighting only, and you know, so they do that. Um, some MPs, 
like uh, our MPP Richard here, the program in his district, uh, where he he supplied power, uh, you know, uh, solar, solar, solar to every house in the district. So we have solar here. We don't have the uh, uh, wind, too, but we just buy all this from the from the store and feed them. Yeah, Justice V asked, "What about ferries? Do the do the islands have ferries between them?" Um, what 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 is a ferry? It's a boat. It it carries you know a boat for oh, the regular oh, yeah. public. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have ferries. A boat. Yeah, we have we have boats. We have ships. Bigger ships working between Rabal, Manus, Rabal, Kimbe, Lay, you know, we have, we work, we have um, shipping transport, yeah. That's your boats. Public, public transport. So, well, our hour is up. Um, I just want to comment. I saw Ashley pointed out that they have a first past the post system in, uh, yeah, there it is. No single party has yet won enough seats to form a government in its own right. Uh, that is, this is the part that is concerning. And I have some worries about first past the post FPT first past the post. Is that what that refers to implementation in the U S I mean, that's what we have. I mean, that's why I like that the Papua New Guinea Green Party, like the American Green Party, calls for proportional representation. And then in, in, even if the parties were more on policy and not, uh, you know, sort of uh, factions based on ethnicity or powerful oligarchs, um, you would have a system like Europe where you have four or five or six parties that regularly get in parliament. None of them get a majority. So they have to form coalitions to run the executive branch. But that much better reflects, you know, where the people are at than what we've got. Where, you know, I mean, we, we're a special case. I mean, we have presidential elections where the guy that loses the popular vote ends up president, like George W. Bush and Donald Trump. Um, so we don't even have majority rule. In any case, uh, Andrew, thank you for coming on and, and letting us know. I hope people will uh, look at the articles that were posted in the chat and and look, check out those films. I mean, you just need to watch the first part of that film on bombing paradise to get a sense of how brutal uh the occupation of West Papua by Indonesia is. And the U.S. backs Indonesia on that. I mean, it's like East Timor. You know, when Kissinger and Ford were around, like one-third of the people in East Timor were killed uh, by the Indonesian army trying to take control of it. In one of the few cases where the West actually intervened and did the right thing is Australia went there with the backing of the West to kick the Indonesians out and let East Timor have independence. Um, West Papua is the same thing, except a bigger case. So um, please look at that documentary and you'll get a sense of why, you know, this is an issue that cries out for attention. And if you can send Andrew some money so we can do his fact-finding trip, uh, the Western Union information is there. Just be sure to send him an email that you did it with the, what's it called, the MTCN number. Uh, because he needs that to uh, get the money at, at the Western Union. Um, so next week we're going to have a guest. It's Dan Kapilovitz. He's the Green Party candidate for district attorney in Los Angeles. And that should be interesting. Greens don't often run for district attorney. But Dan has a very progressive program uh, for the justice system in Los Angeles. So that should be interesting. Um, so that's next Saturday, same time, 3 o'clock Eastern time. And so uh, we'll see you then. And, Andrew, thanks for being with us today. Thank you, Owen. Thank you. All good. We got